yeah, you know, I saw the Old Navy t-shirts, you know, I think the trick is that they put the year on each t-shirt, yeah. so you have to buy it every totally. year. It's a total jib job to me. Yeah. Is it recording yet, or are we just talking? Has it um, started yet? Am I doing I, the podcast thing, or like, has it started? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just press record just so we can warm up into conversation, so... You can edit it, right? Like you don't yes, have to. Totally. Like one, two, three, go. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we can edit it. I can cut stuff and whatnot. So. Yeah. So yeah. So. I actually found. Yeah. What's up? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, no, I was just talking about my Walmart trip. I found Blade Runner: The Final Cut Blu-ray, three dollars and seventy-four cents. What? Is your is your Walmart in Shangri La or something? Where where did you find this thing? Well, because stuff was like that, and I I find a lot of that at Goodwill because it's just people who probably bought something that's a little too shishi for them, and they're like, uh, I'm never gonna watch this shit again, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like it's either an indie movie or a classic movie, so it's how because thinking like Walmart, how many of those are they really gonna move? Like Not how many a lot. units? Not, yeah. a lot of Not a lot of movement on that. <laughs> because More people the, uh, tell action people, movies within the last five years kind of crowd. People always say how hard that is to find. And then there it is, sitting in a bargain bin at Walmart. I'm just, wow. Well, yeah, it depends on the venue. Sure, if you go to Barnes & Noble where they have those things that, you know, featured... It's going to be expensive and or hard to find, but I'm sure Walmart has to order some of everything. They probably ordered like 20 of these and they maybe sold three. Blade Runner. <laughs> that was Indiana Jones films. It's got them on the cover. All right. So we're talking basketball. Yes, we are. I was watching Marvin Bagley. Yes. A while ago, on the uh, ESPN Plus, the Kings and the Warriors playing. And how's he looking? I didn't get to uh, catch that. I mean, he looks like a rookie. I mean, not shooting that well. But one thing I noticed, he's wearing the Pumas, the yep. Nike basketball Pumas. I mean, Nike basketball, not bas- Puma basketball Pumas. Yes. There is like this bright orange set of low tops, and I thought after the whole Hayward thing last year, these kids would be over low tops, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like those Clydes that they came out with, you know, to honor the original ones. Yeah, I guess. I'll put like a higher layer, give me like two more inches of ankle support. See, Steve Nash messed everybody up. He's the first guy I saw with low tops full time, and then now everybody thinks yeah. they can rock him. Kobe was always about the low tops when he switched to Nike. Oh, he true. Had the black lows. True. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Rocking the, the Euro trash lows with the no socks. With the no socks? Like Italian? Like Italian loafers. <laughs> Oh man, this is 
this is what this show is about. Compelling and rich. Yes. So this is Goggles award over glasses. Analysis. Yes. Good. Award winning. Oh no, I was just uh, doing a little. This is Goggles over glasses. You know, I could probably just keep yes. all of it. I am Frank Goggles, and he is Chuck Glasses. Goggles over glasses. <laughs> sure, sure, we'll go with that. Um, yeah. Yes, Stevie Neal and One L coming to you not live. It's like really early in the morning, but this is when we could do it, so we're doing it. Talking about free agency on the 4th of July. Yeah. Nothing more American than NBA free agency. Nothing. And LeBron actually made his decision early, so half of ESPN staff doesn't have to interrupt their barbecues and, you know, their families this year. They can just chill. Yes, Woj doesn't have to hide in any bushes, in any cookouts. You know, he doesn't have to yeah. bother Boogie Cousins I, and get a two-piece in the face. Could imagine, like, the last two years, Woj in his cookouts, like, honey, it's like, I'm not hungry! <laughs> I'm dropping Woj bombs over here! <laughs> get that ganache out of my face! Yeah. I don't want any dessert, I'm working! You know. I am America! You know, so... Woj. Man, I miss him on yeah. Yahoo, though. It seemed like he was, like, what? more an independent contractor there. I think ESPN has, like, tried to, like, trademark the Woj bomb, kind of make it more of a thing than it should be, you know? Yeah. And the thing I miss the most, that dude invented the nerdy, like, signing day live stream. That wasn't a thing before Woj. Remember every year they used to have that on, like, Yahoo Sports? I think ESPN finally like locked down some sort of rights deal, mm. so nobody else can do that anymore. But that was my favorite way to do free agency. But um, now it's all corporate, and Woj can't fully tip signings and, and drafts anymore. Now people have to be eyeing DeMarcus Cousins, or or they have a strong inclination that they're going to draft whomever. You you heard about that whole draft day drama with Boj, right? No, no, I missed the draft, so I didn't get uh, that. What, the, the NBA and ESPN, of course, have their whole contract going on. So now Woj is an employee, so they told him he can't tip picks or signings because uh-huh. that takes away from their product. But um, Woj's old protege there at Yahoo, he tipped one signing and Woj just lost it. He just started tossing Woj bombs over the side of the balcony for like the rest of the night. But he couldn't use like deliberate language so he had to get around with like these these BS um, like uh, qualifiers. Like the Atlanta Hawks have a gut feeling that they may be like, you know, just these weird work <laughs> It's like a troll at that point. <laughs> it's almost like a troll at that point. This is like, yeah. I'm dropping bombs, ESPN. Yeah. Let's show you. So I'm, I'm looking at uh, CBS Sports uh, free agent stream. That's right, I'm a contrarian. Um, I'm not yeah. looking at ESPN. I'm not looking at Woj bombs. I don't know. I've preferred CBS's 
setup, even though I am kind of diametrically opposed to most of their coverage because it's like as boring as grass growing or paint drying or whatever you want to say, but their online coverage is solid. So, yeah, so now we have, like, compelling signings coming across the wire, like the Rockets are going to sign Michael Carter-Williams. Yes. MC Dubs going to Houston. Man Crush Wednesday. I mean, Michael Carter-Williams. I mean, yeah. Oh. (laughs) Never thought about that. Yes. But, um, I guess, I mean... I don't know. I mean, do they need? Yeah. I mean, they got CP3, so... Because he's coming off the bench, obviously. Who was their backup point guard, anyway? It... I don't know. Not Patrick Beverly. Not Patrick Beverly. That was kind of ingrained in my head for years that he's their point guard, but... But Like, Bobby Brown or something? Like, like when I played NBA Live 18, that's who was the backup point guard, and clearly that didn't play out in real life. I didn't see Bobby Brown, like, a minute of these playoffs. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. Not that Bobby Brown. That would yeah. be kind of He never touched her. Not that Bobby Brown. Not that. No. 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 Um, so Bulls are interested in a sign-in trade uh, involving David Nawaba. <laughs> I got your hopes. Involving who now? David Nawaba? No, Nawaba? Okay. Nawaba. What, what team has... Passing interest in David Nawaba. I, God, I don't know. Um, okay. You have like a really shitty contract and he's just like good for moves. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So, okay. Jeff Green, he's going to the Wizards, you know, back to D.C., you know, Georgetown Connection, you know, Otto Porter Jr. One year, $2.5 million. Otto Porter? Hold on. What, what was the breakdown again? Oh, uh, Jeff Green, another Georgetown oh, Hoyer, yeah. is yeah. Uh, going to the Wizards. Inconsequential. Yep. Uh, Tyreek Evans going to the Pacers on a one-year deal. Oh, yeah. Tyreek Evans. The paper gonna man. not play for them. He's going to wear a suit for the Pacers yes. in 2000. Yes, the paper man. 2019. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's exactly what will happen. And uh, that is a the most shrewd trade I have ever made. Sorry it was at your expense, sir. Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I I get it. It was a bad trade. And I'm not going to pretend that I, I didn't do all my research before I made it. But at the same time, it was more like, ah, my team sucked anyway, so don't be that guy, like, tire-kicking someone and, like, needling them, like, oh, I, I need a, a backup point guard, or going back and forth for hours with you, so I just, I just clicked okay. Got me some Dario Saric. You guys won? You guys won, right? Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 I won. I won it all. Yeah. Yep. There's official collusion. <laughs> yes. Twenty dollars under the table. Yes, Daryl's and gonna shut like, us down now. Trade. Now that you just said yeah. that, Daryl's gonna shut us down. That's oh, well. Happen. Well, I no comment. Got me some Dario Saric. Won me a championship. So yes. Yeah, Dario. Uh, Wilson Chandler. might be a spur by the end of the week. He might be. He might be. 
Um, Wilson Chandler, though, he is going to be a Sixer. He got traded there from the Nuggets. What are the Sixers to them for Wilson Chandler? Not a thing. Um, no money. It's a money thing. It's a, cla- a cap space move for the Nuggets, and it gives the Sixers but, a solid forward. Yeah. But I say let's let's stop pussyfooting around here. Yes. We we know. We let's talk. Let's zoom to the top of these uh, free agent. The yeah. free agent totem pole. Just one of the up. LBJs, the cousins, all that. Yeah, just got just had to warm up. Had to warm up. Had to stretch. Don't want to pull a hammy. Um, yeah. So yes. So LBJ first, because uh, there's so much to unpack in this one signing here. Uh, four years, one fifty four. Um. So he's not stringing them along like Dan Gilbert, you know that jerk. I mean, ah, eh, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so he's committed for at least a third of a decade. He is a Laker. So very interesting. He hasn't really committed to a team like this since the Miami days where uh, that was another four year deal. So, uh, yeah, it got? was a one year deal. They just sprinkled a little magic on it. Really? Tell it's a four-year deal. It becomes yeah, a one-year deal. You know that's why he's here. It's his whole relationship with Irvin Johnson. He's going to be his mentor for the next couple of years. Win, lose, or draw. It's a business move. Indeed. Indeed. So, I just thought there would be more of a process. Like, you know, he'd have the five teams come to his offices and, you know... You have the little goofy walk-ins and presentations and whatnot. I thought the Sixers had more of a real shot than they actually did. I mean, he took a meeting with them, but whatever. Yeah, I think that was a, a courtesy meeting, though. That was just him helping them save face. Like, yeah, we tried. You know. Yeah. I heard the Nuggets wanted to get in the room. Yeah, I heard about that. But um, how? Like... What are we going to do, like, trade half the team and some kind of crazy three-way, five-way team, like, sign-and-trade scenario? They're capped out at this point. They are. They are throw, They did throw around a lot of money at young guys. You know, uh, Nokic is about to get broke off. Uh, they've already paid Gary Harris last year. Uh, well, Will Barton's going to have to go because there's no more money. Um so yeah, that would have been difficult. I think um, what I saw is that they wanted to pitch it as a temporary situation. It was like, hey, while you're waiting for the league to reset, play in Denver. Yeah, yeah. get yourself some omelets. I suppose. I don't know. Denver, to me, like it, it reminds me of the way my Atlanta Hawks were for like a decade, this previous decade, it's that doubling down on teams you know can't win the championship scenario. Yeah. But uh, I feel like that's more depressing than having a really bad team that's like trying to tank, like just having a middle of the road team with no money to spend. Which is, you know, and we're both 
based in Atlanta here for anybody listening outside of it. So we're both Hawks fans, have been Hawks fans for about 20 years. And what's been maddening about being a Hawks fan is that organizations down here by and large are afraid of that other end of the spectrum. Well, okay, let's reshuffle the deck. Let's get more young talent. See, there seems to be an inferiority complex down here that we have to stay somewhat relevant. So we get free agents past their prime. We don't take any risks in the draft. We don't do anything like that. And so, yeah, you make the playoffs, but then you don't do anything. You get blown out by the teams that belong there. And so it's been 20 years of this. So the Hawks are finally, 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 on purpose rebuilding yeah you know i think this is the first time in my lifetime where the hawks have re are rebuilding on purpose uh yeah i think there's like that crazy statistic where the hawks have not had an all nba player in the first and second team all the way back to when dominique was playing for us exactly. like one of the only teams in the nfl nfl nba to like hold that distinction so you've not had a relevant player like i Meter-moving player in almost 20, over 20 years. Yes, almost 25 years. I mean, this franchise has been allergic to generational talent. I mean, it's it's an yeah. astounding. It is astounding. Every other team has had at least one. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've been right there. We just, for some reason, never pulled the trigger on it. I mean... If you go back, what we traded, the pick that would have been Paul Gasol for Sharif Abdurim, we, we picked Marvin Williams over Chris Paul. CP3. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we're, we're right next to greatness, but uh, we never seem to close the deal. Yeah, you know, we're like a trivia, yeah. we're a trivia answer, basically. Yeah. For like 20 years. Great. Yep. So, every time we sand buoy it up, like we just can never get an MJ. Never. Never at all. And so, um, we were talking off air about this Summer League debut of Trey Young versus the Summer League debut of one Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, Yeah. And, oh man, oh boy. Uh, I still still say, I stand by my um, horny... Um, Kevin Costner draft day posted that I put up <laughs> the day before the draft. Jared Jackson Jr., no matter what. And, um, yeah, that kid seems serious. I, and Trey Young, I mean, he's coming along, I guess. He's like going to come for along. 12 in his first game. He's going to come along. He's, I mean, it can only go up from here. Um,. But this is Jaron Jackson Jr. guy. I saw the profile that KG did on him, you know, when they, you know, yeah. went up the big old hill in California and then worked out and, you know. KG, KG crazy as ever. Yes. He found a way to put a hoodie on a sleeveless shirt or whatever. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, man, like a I, hole in the middle of it with a zipper. Yes. I, I don't know what was going on with that thing. But, I uh, God, I don't know what kind of training advantage Maybe he's wait. He's already bald, so it's not like it's aerodynamics or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. He's got the ring. He's got the know. ring. He's Anything got, is possible. Anything's possible. Um. 
So yes. So with that whole deal, um, he was talking to Jaron Jackson Jr. Mentioned that you know mentioned who his dad is, which I think people forget who his dad was. You know, role player for the Spurs, hit some big shots in that '99 championship run. Um, I think he was teammates with KG at one point, and then uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, his rookie year. Got it. Got it. Yes. So, um, so yeah, it seemed like they were having good conversations. Um, seemed like he was getting his learn on, you know, learning from another big man that can shoot. This kid can shoot. Yeah. This kid can shoot, and he can defend. And I thought his ceiling was going to be too low, which so I was like, okay, um, get Luca or just trade down, trade all the way down, like get Colin Sexton and. Uh, that uh, Carter yeah. kid out of Duke, you know, make it a Georgia connection and and just uh, wait till next year to get the big chip. But uh, Hawks didn't do that. They traded down. I do agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was to say, I do agree with that sentiment. I wish they would have traded down further if they were going to do it. I just don't think the package they got back is going to quell, like, any regrets that we have about not getting Jackson or Doncic or anybody else further down the road because, I mean, Young is probably one of the highest-risk guys we could have picked in the top five. Yeah. And I get it's just summer league, but so far the concerns are proving out. Kid can't shoot, can't fight through a screen, needs to put some meat on his bones, but we'll see. It's early. It's early. But I wish they would have... Tr- yeah. It's early. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's early. Um, we've seen guys dominate for the Hawks in the Summer League, and that doesn't translate. Like, Dion Glover is, like, all Summer League, all time team. Didn't really translate in the actual NBA. Dion so. Glover. Dion Man, Glover. I haven't heard that name. I actually saw him playing. He's playing in the Big Three this year, the Ice Cube League. Awesome. Well yeah. done. So he's still, still getting paid. Still getting paid. Still getting paid to play basketball. That's good. Pride of uh, Southern DeKalb, Cedar Grove High School. Um, yeah. You know, they won a state championship right before we started going there. So, like, when I was about yeah. eighth grade. But, uh... But I'll say, even yeah. beyond, like, the whole trade-down conversation, Yeah, I just feel like what we got back... The Dallas Mavericks pick. Yes. And looking at what Dallas is doing in free agency, that pick might not be worth doo-doo by next year. Like, they might be a playoff team. Like, they got DeAndre. They got Smith and Doncic. They get, like, one more good piece. They don't have him yet. They don't have him yet until it happens, until he signs on the dotted line. I'd say he jukes him again and goes to to the Lakers. What do you say? What? Whatever. <laughs> oh, goes to the Lakers? Yes. Signs a, I mean, ah. he's going to sign a one-year deal anyway, so just sign a one-year deal like everybody else is doing when they're signing with the Lakers and LeBron. Make it a party. I, would, I could see that in the sense that they really don't know what they're going to do at center yet. Yeah. Because JaVale McGee ain't a plan. Yeah. I don't know. When I look at it, the Lakers, I think there may be a good chance. They're just, like, hunkering down. Like, LeBron's going to just take a year to recharge his battery. Yeah. And they'll just go at it with these young kids and maybe make a run to the Kawhi next year. 
or maybe AD or some other like crazy superstar generational talent top five kind of guy who will be available next year. They just they just feel like they're done right now for as far as making moves. At least to me. I mean, I was listening on ESPN Radio on uh, Sarah Spain and the other guy. Um, they were talking about Chris Sheridan, who, you know, kind of has his own website nowadays. But he was saying there was, like, Damian Lillard in talks. But, you know, it would be all trades. Damian Lillard, uh, Kevin Love, which that, that would be comical. Like, LeBron just left wow. the situation. And do you think Kevin Love really... No. No, I'm not even dignifying Man. that one. Um, that dude just loves abuse. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's more... He does look like he's, he's kind of suffering. Like, languishing yeah. in uh, LeBron's shadow. It's just a wonder, like, why did LeBron ask for him again? Like, why did they trade Andrew Wiggins for him again? <laughs> They played together on, like, I'm sure they had one of their hotel talks. Yeah. And maybe based on that interaction, they thought they would team up. But uh, I guess he didn't fit in when... But, I mean, anytime there's these LeBron teams, there's always a third wheel. I think maybe that may be one reason PG didn't come, because he kind of saw the potential (laughs) that I'm going to be the Chris Bosh, Kevin Love in this this equation. I'm going to be made a meme. I'm going to be made into a dinosaur. Yeah. So, no. No thanks. I'm going to be on a Saturday Night Live, the the other Cavalier sketch. Yeah. I'm going to be portrayed by a Roomba. (laughs) So... So, yeah. Um, so, the Lakers, I think they're not done, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just hold some of that cap space for next year, try to make a run at Clay or whoever will be shaken loose from the Warriors. Because that's my theory with the Warriors. This whole thing gets, you know, we'll get right into that. This this core only stays together one year. Someone's leaving next yeah. year. No one's talking about that, but someone's leaving next year. Somebody. Are they, though? Yes. I mean, that should be, that's the meat and potatoes. Like, this whole super team thing. Like, yes. you, you want to roll the ball out there on that one? Yeah. The conversation. Yes, yes. The super team thing. Um, the, the, the super team dilemma. I do agree with you in a sense that it is a problem. Um, because... I liken it to Marvel, like how Disney has done Marvel, and then other studios trying to imitate that success and failing miserably. That's the same thing that's happening with the Warriors, and then other teams going behind them and trying to replicate the model. So many things had to come together for the Warriors formula to be what it is, that there's no way to replicate it. It is lightning in a bottle. So... What you got? I mean, yes, in the the sense that they drafted three incredible players, yeah, and now they're able to add to that. But I think it's it's not the Warriors that I have an issue with. It's just the system that the NBA put in place during their last two collective bargaining sessions. 
Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is built around the idea that we reward teams for retaining players, and at the same time, we have all these service limits on contracts to save the owners from spinning themselves into bankruptcy. Right. And it's created the situation where there's really not enough of an incentive to stay where you're at because of all the service limits. So it's like even what a team could supermax you at pales in comparison to what you're making in endorsements. So you're like, okay, I'll just go clack up with some team that's, you know, almost a championship team and I can just put them over the top. Or already a championship team in Kevin Durant's, like, case. But they didn't I, win that I just year. feel like it's... <laughs> well, go ahead. They didn't win that year, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, they won the year before. They won 73 games, man. Come on. The, the only reason they didn't win the championship that year is because Draymond, like, nutted up and got himself suspended. So Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yes, I get your, I get your point. Um, that they could just glom on, because the thing is, once you're in that spotlight, you're gonna get the endorsements. Like, like this Boogie Cousins signing, I feel like this has a multi-pronged thing to it. It's okay, he is hurt, he is injured, but he also has this reputation for being a bad locker room guy. I thought he had kind of taken care of this when he made Team USA. I mean, every time Boogie Cousins was on TV in the Olympics, they were like, oh, he's enjoying his Olympic experience. He's a good guy in the locker room here in the USA program. But I feel like this is the same thing. Well, it's half the same thing because there's like four other Team USA guys on the team. But yeah, <laughs> um, but I feel like this is his opportunity to rehab because he won't be rushed out. It's the Warriors. They were, they were going to be fine without him. So he gets to rest up, and then he gets to prove that he can be a vital part of a championship situation. Because think about it. Sacramento is a bad franchise, and that has proven itself out since he's left and, since, and when he was there. So, And then New Orleans, not a sterling franchise either. So... Now, this is his first real shot to win in the NBA that he's ever had. Yeah, never. he's never played in the playoffs before. Never. He's never played in the playoffs. Yeah. So, man, he's the Sharif Abdurrahim of our time. Wow. Dang it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Um, forgot what I was going with that. Was I supposed to counter your point? Is, this, is that how uh, this works? Um, well... I'd say, in a nutshell, I think, like, this whole super team thing, I mean, it goes back to LeBron's whole career philosophy over his three decisions. And, I mean, I get the Warriors one is a little more organic. But on the whole, the super team problem, at least I feel it's a problem, and I'd say at least 70% of the Internet feels it's a problem, It's just not good for basketball, man. It's not a good product. And and just leaving it the way it is doesn't really future-proof your product. I mean, clearly, every five years since the last CBA, like, well, the two CBAs ago, when we started having all these service limits, there has some super team that forms, whether it's like a failed Lakers super team, or it's a Miami super team, or it's Golden State now, 
LeBron seems like he's forming up again in L.A. So it's like, I just don't feel like it's good for this is what the NBA is going to be. Like, every three years we have some seismic shit because a bunch of super friends want to play on the same team and it just upends the whole draft process, like the whole scouting process. Really, like, the nuts and bolts of, like, how everything's done like behind the scenes in basketball, like it doesn't it doesn't reward good franchises, smart franchises. It's just you have to curry the favor of a superstar who can curry the favor of other superstars. But the thing is, though, my whole counter to that is, I feel like it's not that simple. I feel like the super teams that have succeeded were smart franchises that happen to curry the favor of these super friends. The Miami Heat situation, that was a smart franchise because they cleared the space well in advance. New LeBron no. and Bosch could come, uh, talk to Wade, say, hey, take less so these guys can get here. And then they built the roster that did the job around them because uh, on paper – they didn't have a lot to work with as far as building a roster around it. So it takes a small, a smart franchise to get the super team thing going. Um, yeah, I'm not really talking about roster mechanics. Yes, it takes a talented GM, president, owner to get that done. Yes. But it, the genesis of that is LeBron James and his buddies want to go play on a team. Let's make that happen. But you need that to happen first like it's not you know we put together like a good package of draft picks over a couple of years who we developed into a team and grew it like Golden State did see that's what I'm saying Golden State's a little more organic but a lot of the other super teams of the past like five years ten years have just been like you know Voltroning players from different areas. But the thing is, like, though... Like, you know, just based on their preference, not really based on anything the franchise did. But the th All the franchise did was make the pieces fit. But the thing is, though, why I... You know, why I'm part of that 30% that really doesn't care about this super team thing, because... Because you don't like fun basketball, and you're cool with the Warriors winning the championship in August. Okay. You win. CRS by case. But um, <laughs> my whole thing is, what do you suggest people do? I mean, um, what do you I suggest, suggest happens? Do? Other? Is it a Chattel system? Is it like, is a player branded? Do, you, do we go back to Magic Johnson being signed to a 10-year deal with the Lakers where the, the franchises have complete control of these guys? I don't think no. you can put them back in that I box. Think, see, I think that's what you're missing whenever we argue this point. I'm not really anti-player agency. I'm not even anti-team like team working the system. What I feel like, there's other leagues in American professional sports that safeguard teams from doing things like this by building their salary structures around encouraging parity. Like... It's Bye. not that you need to make it to where there's some sort of strict rule against these guys being friends 
or making their decisions motivated behind their friendships, you need to make it financially impossible for organizations to do it. And like the NFL, for instance. Yes. I mean, they don't do a lot of crazy things, like, you know, all around, but the the stuff that, um, who's there? Their um, commissioner pre Goodell. It was um, to Paul Tagliabue, Paulie T. Paul Tagliabue. Yes. Yeah. But um, back then, they made the hard salary cap. They made a few limits on pay, what they can pay rookies, but essentially, there's very few limits on what you can play, what you can pay a player. And I feel like if the NF, the NBA adopted something like that you'd have a scenario where you'd have a player that the Warriors drafted, like Steph Curry, getting paid something like $75 million a year, which is probably what he's worth. And the way I look at it is, yes, that sounds high, but a team like the Warriors is pay, are paying that in salary tax, luxury tax, anyway. Why can't the player get that money? Like, you pay him $75 mil, you gotta pay Draymond forty. You gotta pay Clay forty. Boom! You're out of money. You can put a team together around them, but you'll say have those three guys taking up eighty percent of your cap, and you have twenty percent to figure out another team. Figure out your team instead of making it to where oh well, if this guy takes a little less than what his service uh, limit says. This guy takes a little less. We can pay this guy 18, 18, 18, 18. Oh, boom, we got a super team. Like, so you need to make it financially difficult to build a super team. The only thing about that is, and I feel like that's good, I feel like that is the most sophisticated explanation of why, of how super teams can be defeated, how parity can happen instead of just like, well, he's a punk for, for joining the team. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, but... I've taken all the emotion out of it. Like, I, right. I'm not to where, yes, I, I do believe Katie's a punk. He's a snake. But that's beside the point. Like, right. whether or not I think that's a weak move towards somebody's legacy, yeah, I will agree that's most of the noise of that 70% I talked about. But I'm more talking about the idea of safeguarding the NBA as a growing product. And I feel like having teams like the Warriors just standing as this 5,000-pound gorilla to meet, like, you know, this unbeatable final boss for everybody for five years at a time, same thing with the Heat in Miami, to where it takes, like, an extraordinary set of circumstances for them to lose, like, an NBA Finals. Like, I, I think it's better to where if there's more movement, fluid movement, because teams just won't be able to keep these teams together. Like, you see it in the NFL all the time. I'd say the Seattle Seahawks are a great case study of that. It's like you have the Legion of Boom, but you can't keep them all together for long. Like, it just... Financially, you'll have to pay that rookie quarterback. And, Russell, and Russell you're Wilson, saying overall, now that's better for leaves. your sport, though. You're saying overall, that's better for your sport because it encouraged, you know... The windows are shorter. You know, other smart franchises can have their chance because yeah. you have these constraints. 
because you're going to pay your star players what they're worth and the mid-level guys and low-level guys pretty much their money kind of stays where it's at but the superstar guys is going to be the difference yeah i think the weird thing about it if you look at what the nfl did in the late 90s and the nba did in the early 2000s their cba it's almost like they were building towards similar goals but in different directions yeah i think what both commissioners goals like tag and stern they wanted to get something as close to the old model to where you have a group of guys or a guy staying in one franchise and a community be able, being able to rally around that guy for a decade or so, and that guy can be the face of your organization, he can be your financial and talent cornerstone for 10 years that you build around. But what the NBA did was they tried to put in all these limits on what could be given to the players to protect the owners. At the same time, they put limits on what outside teams could pay the players. Right. But that created a scenario to where you could afford to keep multiple guys together for a long time. Trying to keep a team together is almost what the NBA CBA is trying to do. But that's also made it possible to, for players to select locations like Golden State and stay together for three, four years of just dominance. But the NFL, the way they've built their machine, is you pick one player. You can afford to build around one player, maybe two, whether that's a Cam Newton, a Matt Ryan, a Tom Brady, and Rob, Rob Gronkowski to a lesser extent. But uh, you can pay those two guys, and everything else is fluid. You right. can't afford to like draft a rookie who elevates himself to the level of a Rob Gronkowski and continue to pay him. And eventually, you're going to have to choose one. But the NBA, like I said, they're trying to keep whole teams together, and that's created this five-headed monster in Golden State that we have now. Yeah, and I thought that there would be some kind of situation where the union would have to look into a guy of Boogie's caliber taking an MLE, uh, but supposedly nobody talked to Boogie before he contacted the Warriors. Free agency was on for two days, and no one talked to him. So that was a serious old, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Howard. Remember when uh, Dwan Howard was trying to go to the Heat? Yes. And uh, David Stern just pretty much blocked it. Yep. Yep. Like that, that's some old school, like heavy-handed commissioning. Yeah, like the cold Chris Paul trade, too. Just, just put the kibosh on it. You know, just yeah. like, no, this isn't fair. And I feel like the Chris Paul thing was crazier because, remember, at the time, the league owned the Hornets. Um, yeah. So that was really weird. But, hey, we'll never know well, how that would have turned out. I feel like in that scenario, it was just, it would be a bad look if a team that owns, I mean, a team that's owned by the league facilitated the Lakers, a team that's constantly being accused of being favored by the league, like, you know, giving them. Chris you Paul. know, a player of CP3's caliber for a generation 
it just would have been a bad look. I guess so. I guess so. But I feel like if that team was owned by just a regular Joe billionaire, they probably would have gotten that trade pushed through. Yeah, true, true. So now, here we are in free agency 2018. We got some more stuff. Um, our old friend, our old fellow AT alien, Dwight Howard, he is going to sign with the Wizards as soon as he gets bought out by Ugh. the Brooklyn Nets. Ugh. Oof, that locker room's a uh, mess right there. Wow. Like they leave the league in assholes. It's, uh, <laughs> that is rough. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he is the agent of chaos they're trying to inject into that roster to where they can justify to their fan base. We gotta blow it up. These, these guys can't play together. Yeah. Like, well, at least Gortat's gone. Gortat's already gone. So uh, he was yeah. beefing with John Wall, and John Wall uh, gave the order. Apparently, yeah. Him and John Wall had some words. Had some words about his defensive efforts or whatever. But yeah. Well, where Gortat? Where did he land? Clippers, and then they all oh, they traded him for another, uh, boosh dag. Um, Austin Rivers. Oh, people uh, do not like this man, and it's very clear that they don't. Um, we can just um just do a shooter up that way. They're like all covered. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Chris Paul tried to like fight, meet this man at the tunnel, literally meet him in the tunnel, like literally yeah. meet him in the tunnel to throw down. Um. So there's like, when whenever there are characters in the league, and there's this kind of thing, like look at J.R. Smith for example, and all the the Hennessy jokes and whatnot. Yeah. God, where's that come from? There's no way that that comes from absolutely nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, why, why Hennessy? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so with Austin Rivers, like, you want Big Baby, Big Baby Davis is ready to fight this guy. Um, well, I mean, not the most credible guy right now, but yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, multiple people, Chris Paul wanting to fight this man. Basically, right after a game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. This guy's not, not a good guy, by all accounts. I still say fearless prediction, Austin Rivers, now that he's out of uh, daddy's purview or whatever. Yeah. He's going to be out of the league in two years. Wow. I would like full two live stews, EOD, elbow of death. <laughs> he will not last another two years in the league. Maybe not. I mean, he did had a pretty good season last year when he played. Yeah, I mean, every now and then he has, like, some gutty performances. Like, when he just got his face all messed up against Portland. Like, yeah. I, I, he's earned a little respect from me over the years. But I, I don't see him, like, sticking on an NBA team for long with some of, like, the long lapses in productivity that he tends to have. But, um, yeah. But old... That is a dumpster fire in uh, Washington. Yes, I, I have 
a feeling like that may just be one of those bad chemistry teams where they just, um, I don't know, dysfunction all the way out of the playoffs somehow. Yeah. Maybe become a lottery team. And everybody gets traded. Yeah. That team needs a reset as well. I mean, I think their window has officially closed. Yeah, there's a a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference. Them, Toronto. Yes. uh, I know those are the two top of mind that really just need to blow it up. Yes, Toronto pulled a move, and I put this on Facebook... Uh, I think yesterday or whatever, but I'll say it again for this podcast. I hate it when a franchise has a head coach that improves the team every year, okay, but then a really bad playoff loss happens, and that is basically that franchise's excuse not to pay the man, and they fire him, and then they replace him with that guy's assistant, okay? You know- I hate when that happens. The Hawks did it with Mike Woodson. They replaced him with Larry Drew, who couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. He proved that out and wasted a half a decade of the franchise's time. And now they're doing the same thing you know, with uh, Nate Nurse. Go ahead. You know where that way of thinking came from, I think? I think it is Orlando Magic, Shaquille O'Neal era. Because if you look yeah. back throughout all of NBA history, at least when there's been coach-player feuds, like Magic Johnson in the 80s got his coach fired, allegedly, Very because true. they didn't get along. Same thing, like Phil Jackson coming to the Bulls, same, you know, but I think in the 90s with Shaq, that was the first time they were like, we're going to choose the coach. <laughs> and look how that <laughs> turned look how that t- They chose Brian Hill. Yeah. And look what happened. And yeah. I think since then, most, the NBA accepted wisdom has like cycled back to choose the player. Always choose the player. It can only go so bad when you choose the player, but it can go much, much worse when you choose the coach. Yeah. I mean, hey, look at Orlando again. They did it again, didn't they? Or did they fire um, Stan Van before Dwight got out of town? Did they fire SVG before? Um, I can't remember. I think he might have stuck longer. Yeah, yeah. They chose him. They did it again. Yeah. yeah they did it again. Didn't learn their lesson. Then in Orlando, that's Jesus. franchise. Christ, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. Why what. is that franchise? That's all I can say. Like, why are you Orlando? Why are you, indeed? Like, I don't know what they're doing. They have the worst point guard rotation in the league right now. You have, what, uh, DJ Augustine and Shelvin Mack as your guys right now. I mean, hey, wow. I, Isaiah, Tom- <laughs> Isaiah Thomas is free. He got renounced. I don't know. Does Isaiah want to, like, step into that? I guess maybe. Maybe he can go down there and, like, get cheated up because they're desperate. Yes. You know, get himself a... A house out there on the lake in Orlando. Yeah, move in next to Tiger Woods and and stuff. Yeah, and just yeah, just get G but, up, um, basically. Yeah, that's a, that's a mess. Like a lot of the a lot of these Eastern teams are just really poorly run. Yeah, like like while I'm I'm very much of the mind that maybe they need to do something about you know, the playoff structure, like you hear people say, abolish the conferences. And by people, I mean me shouting on top of a uh, soapbox, 
like surrounded by people talking about the NBA. Yeah. Abolish the conferences. But I feel like uh, some some of these Eastern Conference teams are just getting what they deserve. Like they're poorly run and their rosters and success or lack thereof reflects that. I mean, what Knicks, Magic, uh, Wizards, uh, Detroit, even though they're starting to move in the right direction. But there's just a lot of really bad teams that are just run really poorly. Charlotte, sorry, forgot to yeah. put crying MJ under the bus, too. He's a terrible owner. Michael Jordan strikes again, though. I mean, look what look what happened to the Wizards when he was like their what pres wasn't he like the president? Um, yeah, he's the president. Then he stepped down to play for the team. Yeah, and he left left them in much worse shit. Like, <laughs> like if we look at the Wizards, remember these guys drafted like Rip Hamilton. They they had a player that they probably could have built around for five or six years. Yes, but. Uh, they had uh, they didn't pretty see much value in them. Put, yeah. yeah, we had to put the, that all on the back burner, you know, to to kowtow to Michael's whims. True, true. Because Jerry Stackhouse at that point was a much better player than Rip Hamilton, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um... So yeah, it's just kind of playing itself out, man. That that team is strapped, uh, cap wise, strapped. Yeah. Okay, like they can't do anything. They are stuck under so much money, it's ridiculous. Um, so who who do you feel is the best team in the Eastern Conference now? Best team in the Eastern Conference, uh, I'd say Boston. Because with their depth, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and now they're going to get at least one of their two top two guys back at the beginning of the season. Kyrie will come a little later, because I guess his injury happened later, and we'll see. I mean, those young guys are assets, man. Like uh, Tatum. Tatum, I feel like I feel like there's some skill expansion there. Um, there's, there's, yeah. That's going to happen. What do you think? I get the sense that, well, they probably need to let this year play out, but I feel like you need to just roll with Brown and Tatum instead of, like, either Kyrie or Hayward or Horford. Like, one of those three guys or two of those three guys need to leave in service of building this young nucleus up. Probably. But, uh, I mean, you can't afford them all eventually. Right. But, as the closer they get to those contracts ending, those rookie contracts, they're going to have to make a decision. Yeah. And I guess Philly's, what, the number two behind them? Um, yes, I mean, notwithstanding Ben Simmons dating a Kardashian, we got to see how that plays out. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, look at what happened to James Harden. Maybe, uh, Maybe he'll fail upwards. Like, you know, he dated <laughs> one of them, and now he's the MVP. Well, well, you know, um, Chloe had uh, left him to be by Lamar, uh, Lamar Odom's uh, deathbed, basically. And that's when things okay, started so, to turn around. So what you're saying is we need to get Chris Humphreys on crack, Tonto, 
episode <laughs> that we could clear up our bin schedule. But wait, you know, it's Kendall Jenner, so I mean, I don't, I don't think. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't. I'm not as familiar with their like former dalliances. Yeah, it's hard to keep up with them. It's hard to keep up with the Kardashians, one might say. Yeah, there you go. Suppose they should like make a program so I can do that. But um, I don't know. Behind Philly, I guess you got the Bucks. Maybe. The Bucks because they, they have free agency? they haven't done anything in free agency, but they have a coach. They have an actual live coach for the first time. Oh yeah, in a long they have time. Bud now. They got Bud. That's right. But my concern with this is that the knock on Bud or the excuse I'll call it for letting Bud go from Atlanta is that they were young guys tuning him out, and by young guys we mean Dennis Schroeder. But young guys. Tuning him out. Um, so now you're going to a team full of young guys. Yeah, but come on. If we really examine the young guys in the Hawks, you know, it's kind of like 40% knuckleheads. But can we, like, really hold that as our, like, sample size as to whether or not he can coach young guys? Can we get a shooter as the leader of those young guys? A year prior to that, also get led by Dwight Howard. So it's like, uh, yeah, I I take all that with a grain of salt. So, yeah, so that'll be interesting. Now that they have a an actual coach, I mean, Jason Kidd's a smart yeah. guy. He's a bright guy, but I I just hope he finds something to do in basketball that's not coaching related. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he can like uh, go be a GM and wreck some other organizations. Sure. Like you know, destiny. <laughs> sure thing. Sure yeah. thing. All oversized guys who can't shoot. All of them. <laughs> exactly. Build the team in my image. Oh gosh. <clears throat> See, so the Jazz. They basically are just getting the band back together. Dante Exum, Raul Neto, yes. um, Derek Favors, all getting re-signed. And they made the jazziest pick possible by getting Grayson Allen on their team. Yes. That guy's a Utah Jazz player. That is a, a John Stockton, like, like Antoine Carr, dirty player. <laughs> you know? I mean, um, yeah, it's, the jazz of yesteryear. I mean, I mean, it's it's perfect how all that came together because the Hawks could have just grabbed him, you know. But they got Kevin Herter yeah. instead, uh, mysteriously. So there it is. So there it is. You know, the you the next doesn't he remind you? Doesn't he look a little like Bill Lambier to you? I don't know. I I don't have Bill Lambier's face as burned into my head. I mean, I've all, I'm only used to, like, his older, withered face from, like, the Grant Hill commercials when he was, like, a much older <laughs> man. But, um... Well, I played a lot of NBA uh, Jam back in my day, so him oh, and yeah. Isaiah Thomas were, were wrecking shop. But, uh... But, uh, but yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how he's gonna do in the NBA as well. As well. I mean, I think he'll stick. He'll be like a good hustle guy that you can you can play off. I don't think he's gonna be. I think he'll be like an uppercase Delhi. Um, 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, couldn't, couldn't place the name. Yeah. Is that guy still in Milwaukee? He's on what Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Bud will like that guy. He'll like that guy. Yeah, that reminds me. Where's Kyle Korver? What is the destiny of Kyle Korver now? Speaking of like Bud, Bud Budenhauser <laughs> guys who like really made hay under his tutelage. And he's still with the Cavaliers for now. So he's not going to escape Cleveland. He probably will. He's going to L.A. Like, just, just <laughs> follow LeBron. Lord. He's going to be his new James, James Jones. To like, just, yeah. just follow me wherever I go. Please. We win championships together. Um, yeah, man. So, the super team situation. Um, we also discussed... Well, you know, just going into de- more detail about uh, the salary structure, how it should change. Guys should get paid what they're worth, $50 million, $75 million. So that way, you can't have more than maybe two of these guys on your roster. I do agree with that, since it's a well-explained argument. My only issue is that, you know, you would also have to do a salary cap and I feel like owners would abuse that. Unless you have a floor. You must have a like a competent well, salary floor for that. Yeah, I mean, the NFL has that and the NBA has that. The, the MLB, for the longest time, was the only one where they were just the Wild West. I think they finally instituted a floor. Yes. Where you, you just have, like, nonsense. Like, the Marlins making less than... Alex Rodriguez annually. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I don't want like, that to happen. I don't want the Grizzlies spending $30 million total on a payroll, you know? Yeah. But but I think, like, maybe have a world where, I mean, I am not salary cap savvy, so I'm just picking numbers out of the hat. Yeah. Maybe, like, something like $180 million annual salary and maybe, like, a floor of 100 so that gives you, like, the ability to maybe break off two guys at, like, $60 million a piece and then build a decent team around that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. And uh, now, one thing I meant to get into with you um, as far as, okay, because the problem with the whole super team thing is that the best players take less money to make it happen so then, how do you prevent that in this strat, in this strategy, in this structure? Uh, what's to prevent um, a guy like Paul George who gets endorsements to instead of doing the seventy-five million he's probably worth? What determines that value first of all, and then how do you take him? How do you prevent him from taking less money to make room for a LeBron? Well, what determines the value is the same thing that determines the value in any league or industry, like the top, like whoever jumps out there and takes $60, $70 million first, that sets the curve. And as far as, and as, far as the deterrent of, hold on. Yeah, sure. Sorry, I had my laptop open for references and it's dying on me. Okay. Yeah, as far as the... Oh, I'll start over, sorry. No, no problem. Well, yeah, as far as 
the curve being set by the highest person, whoever accepts the $70 million first, or whatever the high number is, that'll set the curve. And the deterrent would just be, there's so much more money available, like what service limits that the NBA has set right now. Suppose you're a young player like AD coming off of your first, like, you know, big contract. His supermax will be, what, $42 million? Something like okay, that. he can just spit on that and take $28 million and go play for some other team. That's like $14 million? Like, that's that's a lot of money. But from someone who spit, pulls down the kind of money he gets from Nike or whoever he's with, or Sprite or whatever other endorsements he has, I mean, there's, there's players out there making, like, signing billion with a B contracts for like 20, 10 years with these shoe companies. Like they're, they're making hundreds of millions of dollars a year in some cases. I guess that's not the uppermost. Yeah. But still. So the idea of leaving 40, $14 million, $12 million on the table, they don't balk at that because they realize if they play in a better team, that makes them a more valuable asset to these ad companies. But if the difference between playing on a team like Golden State, who already has two guys making $60 million and they can't afford to pay someone another 60 okay, to fit under that cap, you're going to have to do something crazy like say, okay, I'll pay play for $15 million, and that's $15 million opposed to staying where you are for like seventy. So it's like you're making the goal bigger as to what the guys are passing up in comparison to what they're taking to go play elsewhere. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the, that's the key with the service limit problem. Like, there's really just no teeth in the penalty for leaving your team. Like, like a couple, nine, ten million dollars is not enough of a deterrent to keep someone where they are. And right, I mean, you're right. It probably used to be, you know, back in past economics in the 80s and 90s. Sure, it probably was a deterrent. And then just the logic of if your home team is paying you more, a team that you have played for and have endeared yourself to, then why leave? But I think LeBron was one of the first people to say, well... Yeah, I can leave. It's it, there's no rule against it. I mean, Shaq is probably the only other guy, the only other guy like big time where I can think of that left his home team, but only because his home team didn't even want to offer him the max. See, that's where Orlando was stupid with Shaq. They want they were thinking ahead to Penny the following year, and they were just like, okay, Shaq, we got to keep Penny, so. Here's eighty million dollars, and he just walked. He didn't even reply to it. He just walked. He, he took the Lakers' offer. It was so much more because he was like, "I'm worth more than that." <laughs> You're crazy. So that's the only other case I can think of where like the player didn't take the hometown bird's rights uh, thing. Because like you remember, Reggie Miller almost signed with the Knicks. And yeah. they sign Allen Houston instead. Um, because at the end of the day, Indiana was going to pay him more. 
And he had already been yeah. in Indiana, and they were building themselves into being a contender. They ended up making the finals uh, four years later. So, so it just didn't make sense to leave. But I guess LeBron has kind of shed the light on uh, making the other choice, you know. Yeah, and and that brings me that brings to mind that I guess they could also invoke a franchise tag similar to what the NFL has. So you could use that for one player for one year. I I Say personally baby. do not like that. But why not? I, I because think that I it feel like through the player. I feel like it will be used against players like it is in the NFL. But I think the big difference between the NFL and the NBA in that regard is the NFL injury is such a hot, much higher risk. So, like, think of um, Forte, they're the running back for Chicago. They yeah. franchised him, and that messed him completely up. Exactly. Like, during that. But I feel like at the NBA, like, there's players who will deliberately bet on themselves now in the current salary structure. Oh, yeah, they so do it ostensibly, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I mean, look at uh, Kevin Durant, uh, the one and ones, the the the, the one yeah. with the one option. So I guess it, it is essentially one. But even, go ahead. even beyond that, like you look at guys like Lou Williams or Delhi a couple of years ago, or um, I mean, there's like a bunch of examples. Um, what's the kid on Toronto? They're back a point guard. Oh, uh, Van, Van Vliet. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, players will do that all the time, like. I'll go to a situation where I fit, I'll take a one-year deal and, like, bet on themselves and then get broke off a year later. And I feel like that would allow teams like Golden State who are doing their whole juggernaut thing. It gives them a semblance of a way to still do that, but just not as for long. Like, I'd say this year, well, next year, when we have everybody coming off the books. Like, you could do Clay could be a franchise guy yeah. and that maybe allows you to keep it together for one more year and maybe that gives you a little more flexibility because okay then you'll have Durant and Clay free at the same time and you know well, just just all different they're different scenarios different roster mechanics that a franchise tag can help with mm. and and I think in a, in a league where injury and health is not as much of a factor I think the franchise tag could work. I think it is a terrible thing to have in a sport like football, but I think it could work in in basketball, baseball, if it were necessary. But you know how their salary cap is, right? Or lack thereof. But right. hey, sure. I mean, again, you make a compelling argument. You know, if you make a compelling argument, I mean, what can I do about that? I mean, I, I, I feel that. Um, let's see. One thing I would abolish is uh, restricted free agency. I think it's the goofiest thing yeah. ever. Restricted free agency is dumb. I mean, that's another one of those rules geared towards trying to keep teams together, trying to keep players in the same team as long as possible. If, if you look at all the uh, rules that came out of those two CBAs, it's ironic that they were engineered 
to limit player mobility, but it seemed like it just accelerated player mobility. Yep. Yep, because it like wasn't the it wasn't the, the loop wasn't properly closed, it seems. Yeah. You know. Well, I, I think it's just it's all the back channeling. It's the whole idea to where the NBA was growing, it was a newly burgeoning league. Like they were joining the billion dollar club with like baseball and football and like a lot of the other leagues that it came up, you know, decades before them and they were more making a lot of these decisions being risk averse. Like they saw that okay, you got like Glenn Robinson getting like a rookie getting a hundred million dollar contract and yeah. all kind of craziness like this. They said, Okay, we don't want to spend ourselves into bankruptcy, into irrelevance if you know, we get enough bad contracts. So it seems like everything's engineered around that fact. But since the NBA has grown up, like over the last 25 years, I just feel like they need to like play like everybody else is, like play like the other big boy American, you know, major league sports leagues. I mean, you, you can take the risk by paying these guys what they're worth, and the owners are grown-ups. You don't have to keep protecting them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but, man, oh, man. So this saga in L.A., I, I swear Harvey from TMZ is going to have to get a cot in the locker room. Oh, yeah. 30 Mile Zone is back in the locker, the Lakers locker room. Yeah. You got LeBron, you got JaVale, you got Lance, and you got Alonzo. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Like, this team's going to break now, the internet. How much do you think those guys are going to play? Like, because I, I got this feeling, even LeBron included, I have this feeling that this year is going to be more about seeing how LeBron plays around that young nucleus and who needs to stick and who needs to, like, you know, be cut loose. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an interesting theory. But, it's an interesting, like, you could just yeah. be like, okay, LeBron, as durable as he has been, as Iron Man and he as he has been, what if it's just like, okay, it's transplant shock. He just needs a season to rest. You know what I mean? Before and honestly, he's good again. Well, good. I mean, yeah, yeah, before he's good again. I'm, so he might just miss, like, 30 games. I feel like the key to this chapter in LeBron's legacy is I think this kind of needs to be the Shaq in Miami chapter. Like, he needs to get, like, a Kawhi, an Anthony Davis, someone of that ilk, and he needs to be the number two at some point, or at least working his way towards that. Like, I don't think this team needs to essentially be built around. Maybe LeBron can be the figurehead. He can be the leader. But I think talent-wise, it probably needs to be built around another guy. Like, at least long-term. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen eventually. He can't be the lead domino forever. Um, yeah. Physically, it's impossible. Especially with how, based on athleticism, his game is... It's going to depreciate at one point or another. We saw it happen to Michael Jordan. We've seen it happen to Shaq. Guys who 
games are based on athleticism and power, it eventually goes away. So Yeah. That reminds me, speaking of Laker greats, I saw Kobe reach out to LeBron today, getting the most valuable puppets back together. <laughs> oh man, those Nike commercials. The finals yeah, that never happened. Robbed of the Lakers-Cavaliers finals that never happened. Golly, man. Those would have been epic finals if had they happened. Even though the NBA and Nike tried to, like, frozen envelope conspiracy their way all the way. But Dwight Howard wasn't having it. I guess not. Guess not. And then the Spurs weren't having it either. The only thing, I get it's not Kobe's style. He's just too much of, like, um, a serial killer. Like, you know, alpha. Yeah. But uh, he's only one year removed from basketball. Just just saying. Really? Lakers are pretty competitive now. Brett Brett Favre? Does Brett Favre that that thing in there? I see see Luke Oscar. He's still in decent shape. Oh, Lord. Just saying. Back up like tomorrow, and then they'll like wrap him in towels after every game, and then he'll have to like skip every game well, for rest. Maybe he doesn't have to play as much now. You know, you got all these players. You got Ingram. You got LeBron. Kuzma got Ball. You can just be like a fire starter off the bench. Come in, take thirty-two shots, make two. Like an old Kobe special. This is like the whole Michael Jordan's going to join the Heat like some years ago. Like, you know, oh, he's working out. He's working out. Look out. You know, he's cool with Pat Riley, you know. Cool besides the fact that MJ led a coup to get him out of there. But, hey, out of Chicago. But, hey, they're buddies, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I think... Beyond Kobe's temperament, I think that's the only thing stopping that from happening. Because I think if it was any other franchise superstar, they probably would entertain it. But I just don't think that's Kobe's makeup to come and be like LeBron's dude for two years to get another ring. Like he's good. He's got he's got enough rings. Yeah, yeah. Um, that just reminds me of like remember uh, Mario Lemieux in hockey, like. You know, he's just kind of chilling, doing his thing, being the, like, you know, in the ownership group. And he was like, you know what? I'm coming back. I'm going to play. Yeah. He played really well, at least for the first yeah. year or two when he did. <clears throat> yeah. Everybody plays well until they get hit. True. I mean. Except Yarmou Yager. Except Yarmou Yager. He just keeps playing. Look at that dude. I mean, just try to hit him. He's just going to bounce off. <laughs> <laughs> With that epic mullet, that mullet alone, will yeah. uh, that you, you're gonna get the business end of that mullet. Yeah. <laughs> but the NBA, the year to come is almost. There's still a lot of good free agents out there, though. Yes, I was looking but, for a um, comprehensive list. You know, maybe I need to go to ESPN for that and stop being different. Um, I think I saw one on a. I was looking at that other earlier. I was perusing a uh, top ten remaining free agents list. 
Uh, but at the time, I think it was Julius Randle was at the top of it. But of course, that is no longer the case. Let's see here. Also CBS Sports. Okay. So let's see. LeBron has been snapped up. So is Durant and George and Paul and... Oh, Capella. Yes, who's going to John Conkak that one and run up the score on the stays, Houston Rockets? I think he stays home. He probably, which is unfortunate because they're gonna have to spend a ton of money to do it, and they've already broke off Chris Paul with forty million a year, and they maxed out Harden the year before. So what are they gonna build around? I mean, it's gonna be like old man crush Wednesday over there. He's gonna be like the whole bench at this rate. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like they're they're gonna run it back as best as they can, given the year they had last year. Like, I don't really see them making any sweeping changes at this point. Like, I think they're committed to CP3, Harden, and Capella being their core, and they'll just ride that out until that's over. Let's see. Um, we have Julius Randle going to the Pelicans. I think that's a good that's a good move. I think he'll be a great compliment to, um, to the brow there. They still need some wings. Now, the worst wing rotation in, in the NBA, but go ahead. That's the thing. That's a little rumbling I've been hearing, like them trying to acquire Kent Bazemore from the Hawks. That's one of those situations where I actually like that. I like that for them. Well, yeah, Anywhere else get I would, rid of that contract. I would, like, uh, I would sell anybody else that deed and like immediately turn around and snicker to myself. Yeah, like, you know, Snyder Whitlash style, like suckers. <laughs> but <laughs> I think Kid Bazemore would actually work for them. Did you just Snively Whiplash reference yeah. that? Wow, the wacky racer himself. God, just a dick dastardly while you're at it. Oh yeah, yeah. Whiplash is the uh, Dudley Do Right guy. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Still, awesome reference, nonetheless. Um, Marcus Smart's a restricted free agent, so someone's going to run up the score on him, too. Uh, Trevor Ariza signed with the Suns. Dumb. Yeah. Dumb. I think the Suns, they they got a chance to be competitive. I don't think they'll be tanking this year. No. But at the same time, I think their, their main pieces are still developing, so. You want to know who's the... Highest ranking unrestricted free agent, according to CBS Sports right now, Isaiah Who's that? Isaiah Thomas. Hmm. Well, at least it's good to see that he might get some money after Boston completely screwing him over. Yep, completely ruined his career. I believe that wholeheartedly. Yeah. That hip injury, they handled it poorly. And the Cavaliers were stupid enough to take Boston's word for it. Yeah. Let's see here. We got Zach Levine, Yosef Nurkic, Jabari Parker, all RFAs. All RFAs. Restricted free agents? Yes. You know who's the next ranked UFA guy? Who's that? Luke Bamute. Luke Bamute. Free agency is finished. 
<laughs> the Lakers, the Lakers are. You're right. I think the Lakers are done. I, I think I'm starting yeah. to agree with you. Drifted into the who he played for. Yes, we are in deep who he played for territory. Oh, Brooke Lopez is still out there on the float. Maybe the Lakers bring him back on a lower deal. You know, I could see that. And LeBron has like floated interest in having Brooke Lopez on his team before. Like when they were in that whole like Mozgov hunt when they wanted like a big body in Cleveland. That was one of those names that came up. Yeah. So I, I could see that. Like him going there for maybe like a one year, 12 mil. I don't think they have any money left at this point. But they, well, they were going to sign those unless, three guys. So, I mean, they should. Unless they find like some. Uh, I don't know, Mook, if you will, <laughs> take uh, Luau Deng's contract off their hands. What, what, what really kind of irony would it be if it was the Hawks? What now? What, the level of irony if it was the Hawks. Can you imagine? Yes. Like, Come on, Lou, we want you so bad. We fired a guy who said something in poor taste about you and wrecked our entire franchise. Yeah. We are committed. That would be pretty awkward HR situation right there. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Monroe's out there in the float as well. Who's out there now? Uh, Greg Monroe. Oh, yeah, no. I I could see that as like a stopgap for the Lakers, but uh, yeah, I think whoever they get, it's definitely gonna be some veteran who just needs to like show his wares for a year, get paid later. Oh man, the Bucks have been at work. They've signed the ghost face Ilya Urson Ilasova. He used to play for the Bucks already. He, yeah, he has played for the Bucks already, and he's played for Bud already, and now they're reunited. Yeah, it's great. I played for Bud again. I didn't have to sell my house. Exactly. Exactly. Michael Beasley. Oh yeah. Oh, Beasley himself. Oh, old China, Michael Beasley. Yes. Go back to China, son. Go back. The ambassador himself. The ambassador. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Uh, Dwayne Wade's not the league so much. What? Dwayne Wade's a free agent? Man, he's done. He's he's already said as much. He's staying in Miami for the long haul. It's like, oh, Wayne Wayne. It's Braun Braun. So I'm looking... Jabari, Park, Jabari Parker is still out there restricted. What yeah. do you think happens with that? Uh, it's a dicey situation because of the two knee injuries. Um, I think this could really drift into not like a Nerlens Noel situation where the team just never makes a qualifying offer to get it started. Oh, God, that was so dirty. But um, anyway... I'll talk about that later. Um, I feel like 
the right team will make a sensible offer, and I think the Bucks will let him walk. That's what I think is going to happen. Too many yeah, cooks in the kitchen would, with that. would be a good landing spot for him? Where? I think, like, Dallas. Dallas would be a good fit for him. Yeah. Yeah, they need someone of his ilk. I mean, the only thing is, he's not going to start, or maybe he would besides Harrison Barnes. Aren't they kind of like the same player, though? That's the only thing about that. Maybe they could play together, though. I feel, I, yeah, they probably could play together. Jabari's a little bigger than Harrison Barnes, uh, so he could play that four spot nicely. And then they develop yeah, Young I'm Luka. Down. Well, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Cook. Looking down the list further, so Alex Lynn is still out there. The Lakers are that desperate. I just look at like garbage he's, centers who aren't restricted free agents. He's a young but big. That's the, um, he's a young big. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be that terrible a move. Let's see. Oh, here's a guy, you know, who I played in fantasy that might be good for somebody. Uh, Nemat Nemanja Jelica from Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm butchering his name, but he's an unrestricted free yeah, agent. Yeah, that's a bad sign. <laughs> you cannot pronounce the man's name. I can't. Oh, he's 30 years old. Oh, forget that. Thought he was a younger guy, but he can shoot. Six ten guy that can shoot. I mean. Those don't grow on trees. Marco Bellinelli okay. is going back to the Spurs. Okay. All right. Here's something. I'm looking at NBA Twitter here. Yes. And Bill Simmons talking about OKC possibly buying Carmelo out and stretching his buyout over a bunch of years. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think they... OKC... They're not a big market. They're just going to have to let that man play and get what they can. Also, do you think like keeping him would be toxic for the team? Though? Yes, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Just given what happened at the end of the year, given the fact that when someone even suggested that you know Melo, you might want to be that nice spark plug off the bench. No, yeah. I don't come off the bench. That's the Allen Iverson kiss of death. Right there. No. I will not. I have. I don't have Lala anymore. I have nothing. This is all I have. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, no. I, I, yeah, nah. Nah. Dust him. He's gone. I could see it. But you know what I, I can also see if that happens? I could easily see him just walking to Houston or Los Angeles for a song to yes. play for them. Yep, well, that's the theory that, you know, he either gets there with LeBron, his buddy, finally, they've been compared to each other, like, their entire careers, might as well play together, or go to Houston like yeah. he wanted to last year, you know. Yeah. Would be interesting. I mean, that would explain a lot with Houston, because it seems like they always have something up their sleeve that could be an interesting wrinkle. Yep. Mellow on Houston, especially now that they lost Trevor Ariza. Now that they suspiciously did not try to resign Trevor Ariza. Yes, weird. Huh. Yes. Maybe so, there is something to this. That, hey, you can start. You can start, Mellow. You can start. 
Yeah, just like you want. We got rid of Trevor. You're, for you're only allowed to take. Well, no, wait, wait. I was going to say you're only allowed to take ten shots. But remember Houston's philosophy. Yes. If they get forty-seven three-pointers up a game, like that's better. Even if they only make twelve. Quote. That is a Mike Dempsey and Tony quote. Yes. So, yeah, low percentage shots. It's all you, Mello. That's uh, an organization built around what you do best. He can't sign up fast enough. Yeah. But free agency, this is the best free agency period in all sports, in my opinion. What, NBA? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just with football, you really don't get the same sizzle because football is based so much around schemes that when you move to another team, there's really no guarantee your skills will translate to what that team does. And with baseball, it always seems like there's only five or six teams really making noise year in, year out. So that takes a lot of uh, fire out of the hot stove, so to speak. But basketball, it's just like the, it's the season of dreams. Anyone can, like, you know, change their destiny in one pinstroke. I mean, looking back, cause, you know, we've been following the NBA for almost 25 years now. Um, does, does what had you like a kid at Christmas, like a signing that you just remember, even if it was insignificant or, or significant, like what was one of your favorite signings growing up? The Kim Matumbo to the Hawks. Yeah. That, that like, made us relevant for, for like four or five years. Yes, that was huge. To see a Hawks uniform in a magazine and then, like, the guy yeah. who, you know, the guy who held up the basketball on the floor with that Nuggets upset, you know, that guy, yeah. you know. We had, like, a recognizable jersey in the frame at the Indiana NBC halftime. Yes. I think when they have the uh, player of the week on the game of the week. Yes. They'd show the two jerseys opposing each other as they went to commercial and we finally yeah. had a guy that people knew. Yeah, a perennial all-star. Yes. A guy we knew who would like be there all-star weekend. Yes. From the start of the year. That was awesome. That was awesome for this town. Like, other big signings, I mean, Hawks, we're not, one, we're not ones to win press conferences. So exactly. I guess the other one would be Joe Johnson was really excited about. Yeah. Oddly, um... What's his name? Ellis. Not Dale Ellis, but uh, Lafonso Ellis. Lafonso Ellis. That's only because we had, like, garbage tie Corbin as our small forward. Yes, we had a small forward problem for a, almost a solid decade. I agree. Yeah. You know, where it's like, that they was one piece. They just put, a, they just put um, a jersey on the fish heads and rice that they got for Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> and just trotted it out there for like five years. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm just trying to think of signings. Reggie Miller to the Knicks would have been awesome. I was really excited yeah, at the prospect that. of that, but it just didn't happen. See, that's the thing. People didn't don't talk about the stuff that top five signings that don't that didn't happen exactly yeah. because no one no one savors anything anymore. It's all about like oh LeBron and. You know, 
it's all social and and pop culture now. You know, I like to get into the nitty gritty. You know, follow the rumors and such. Um, yeah. Let's see. I remember like Reggie going to the Knicks. Remember MJ going to the Knicks? That yes. was like a rumor, like towards the end of his nineteen ninety eight tenure. Yes, it um, was out there. Like MJ threatened to leave. All like. Every each year for his last two years, yes. people don't realize that the last three years were one year deals, yes, for the Bulls. and there was speculation but, um, as to where he would go legit speculation. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of uh signings that had happened. I guess a lot of Shaq to the Lakers, I mean, not to not as so much like I was excited he was a Laker, but just it was just a big move, and it was during the Olympics. So the press conference was here in Atlanta. So, um, yeah. So, so that was a seismic shift there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Juwan Howard almost going to the Heat. Yeah. That. I was talked ex- about that earlier. Exactly. I was excited about that. Him, Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway on one team, and then uh, the NBA called antitrust Oops. on it. And uh, the Wizards got to break them off for like ten more million dollars. So yeah, it's like the Heat had the money. It's just the league was just like, nah, we can't have three guys. We can't have two guys on the team making a hundred million dollars. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the way it all the time. How quaint. Yes. Um. You know, Juwan getting getting broke off for a hundred mil, being the first hundred million dollar man, that was pretty big as well. I was watching um, this Iverson documentary on Netflix, and I kept forgetting how many times that dude was like almost traded out of Philly, like in the middle of his prime. Yeah, I, I didn't realize, man, that was his thing, wasn't it? Like where he almost like traded to the Lakers, almost like wow. I guess in my mind's eye, he was just like the franchise. But pretty much before they made it to the uh, finals, geez, he was really just on the bubble. Yeah, man. I mean, because there wasn't a player like him, you know. And, you know, like, can you imagine a coach having to handle that, you know? um, Just this player who just really a volume shooter. And, you know, he's such a big personality as well. But, I mean, Larry Brown, I mean, you can say what you want about Larry Brown, but that guy can teach dogs to play basketball. Yeah. He can coach. I mean, look what he did at SMU. I mean, that's... Yeah. uh, Cheated? Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he couldn't teach him. Yeah. Uh. These guys are worse than dogs. (laughs) How to play basketball. Yeah. Oh, Larry Brown. Larry Brown. I bet the Knicks, they're just, they're probably still paying that man to, like, chill in the Hamptons. Probably. Him, Isaiah Thomas, Mac, Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Probably Bobby Mumia, too. They're, they're involved in that horrible contract somehow. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ken Griffey Jr. is also getting broke off by the Reds substantially. Still. Still. 
some of those contracts during that last heyday of baseball were just ridiculous. There's like so many players still getting paid to do nothing or paid to play for other teams. Like, what was that crazy thing in Moneyball? It's like, like David David Justice simply getting paid to play for another team. Yeah, it's like they're paying. They're paying. <laughs> they paid you to go away, David. That was a whole lie yeah. in the movie. <laughs> they paid not to have you. <laughs> oh man, that guy was an egomaniac. Um. So, so would we conclude that the super team problem is a problem? We conclude that it is. We conclude that it is. Um. I came in trying to compare it to the Marvel thing where it's like, don't hate Marvel because they're just so talented and DC and everyone else just can't figure out the formula. Don't hate it. But then I feel like, yes, there has to be adjustments in some regard because teams are just going to keep imitating this formula and they're going to keep failing at doing it. Um, Yeah. So... And there just needs to be general interest. I mean, because we always say that someone can be a star anywhere now in this age of the internet. So why don't we have a system that reflects that now? It's almost like it's reversed to where the world's gotten bigger, but the pool of stars have gotten smaller. As opposed to when it was in the 80s, it was like everyone had a star, but... How are you going to know about them without the internet? You know, you know what I mean? Like, if you played in Indiana, yeah. you were doomed. You didn't get any endorsements. No one watched you. You know, but now... It reminds me, like... Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's a different world. But that reminds me, I was, like, just talking basketball with, like, some younger NBA fans. And I, I said the name Mitch Richmond, and they had no idea who that was. Blasphemy. Like, yeah. They play like Mitch Richmond, Bernard King, like these guys who just were putting up numbers for years and years. They are just playing, but the Bernard King plays for the Knicks. That's the only thing that I yeah. never get why that guy doesn't have more of a print because he just never won with the Knicks. So yeah, that was the whole thing. They were some bad teams. Um, yeah. And then Mitch Richmond again, bad teams in Sacramento too. So that even compounds the problem. But, you know, ten. what was it like? I always felt like Mitch Richmond, in a sense, was like the Barry Sanders of basketball. Yeah. Only he did, he did show himself to get his ring at the end. He did. He did sign with the Miami Dolphins <laughs> in yes. the last year. Instead of Barry not doing it for whatever reason. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just like the what the what was nine straight years with twenty points a game, and then the and the year he came up short, he scored nineteen point nine. Yeah, that was a wizard year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first the, the wizard year when the Chris Webber deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's an incredible player, man. One of my favorite two guards ever. Um, because the guy could shoot. He could shoot the daylights out the ball. Yep. That was a monster in NBA Live 95. Yes, he was. Ironically, more than 97, where he was actually on the cover. Oh, yeah, he was on the cover. Yeah. I always forget those. There were cover athletes back then. Yes, absolutely. 
He was one of the first, wasn't he? Like, I think, I think he was the first guy. He was the first individual yeah. guy, yes, to to be on the cover. Just like a picture of game footage on the cover. <laughs> yeah, like the finals. Yeah. Yeah. He was the first guy to get a cover. He's the first cover athlete for NBA Live. Yeah. Mitch Richmond. Man, that would be a trivia question that would stump an entire bar, wouldn't it? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and now Joel Embiid is on the cover of NBA Live. Oh, yeah, you're the guy. You're that guy who still plays NBA Live. I keep forgetting that. Yes, I am that guy. I'm that guy that still yeah. plays, even though there are less and less reasons to play it now, because now the ESPN presentation isn't even there anymore. So... That's for the fans to decide. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just can't bring myself to buy 2K games since Dreamcast. Sorry. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I play a lot of video games, but I still have not been able to get myself back into sports sims because I have 2K right now. I don't know. It's just something missing. Like, I don't know what it is. I think so much of it is built around, like, the career mode, and it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to do that. It so. is all about the career modes now. Yeah. Yep. Man, this has been compelling and rich. An hour, 45. We're up to now. Hope yeah. it uh, doesn't sound like crap, but we'll uh, take care of that in post. If I can I figure mean, it out. It's, it's rough. It's the first episode. Yeah. Um, nice uh, rambling, unfocused coverage of the NBA that we're, we're bringing. Yep. But, you know, it's raw. Real rap raw. Yes, sir. So, I'm about to mess with this. Uh, I'll just post the whole thing. Shoot. Easier that way. But, alright. This has been Goggles Over Glasses. And, uh, we're going to be talking about free agency as it unfolds. We're going to talk about... Uh, kind of just reset the deck on that. And, uh, yeah. And we're not going to talk about guys in shorts hitting each other. It's not what we're not going to oh, do. Yeah, the, the other league. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Because that's stupid. Okay. Yeah. It's mini camp time. Why is there coverage on the field? It's scary. Yeah, I think that will come across over time, our ongoing going rivalry with uh, America's undying love for football. Yes. And how everybody's just complete sycophants for, like, grown men touching grass and pigskin, wherever it may lie. Like, yeah. like if people are, like, getting on, like, football practice-wise in the middle of August yeah. for no reason. Like, there's a camera pointed at it. And, yeah. And oh, yeah, watch that's it. coming. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely coming. There will be a, tr uh, a scrimmage fight of some kind, and we're going to talk about it and how it means yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
Yes, radio remotes from a parking lot outside of guys doing push-ups on the field. Yep. Yep. Sure. Sure thing. What if there was a summer league for football? That would at least make it interesting. Summer league for football? Yeah, that would at least make it interesting. Destroyed and they'd be out of the league in seven years. <laughs> True. But it would at least make it compelling. You know... I, I don't think there's anything you can do about NFL preseason. Like, it is what it is. It's, it's too it's too taxing of a sport to put make those guys play any more than they already do. Let's just do like college and just not do it at all. How about that? Yeah, just skip it. Just skip it. Yeah, I think that's my growing frustration with uh, the NFL. It's it's a twelve years uh, it's a twelve month a year sport, although it's not not, it's not. really. It's not really. Nothing really happens. Like, okay, the league really runs from, what, September to, I'll say, maybe about March when free agency starts, and then again during the draft. And after that, it's like, we do silence. We don't need to hear anything else. Nothing else is going to change. That's right. Just like, but instead, yeah. we get a hour show, hour-long show on the middle of ESPN's coverage Nightly, so yeah, woohoo! Yeah, man. So looking forward, and I say that facetiously, to that. Um. So yeah, man. <clears throat> Goggles over glasses. I don't have a tagline yet. I didn't think that far ahead. I just made a really cool logo. That's it. So, yeah, you could give us one out there in podcast land. You could do that. You could totally do that. We gave you a two-hour show. Might as well. Goggles over glasses. Sports from a better perspective. A clearer perspective. A clearer perspective. Ha ha. Yes, because there's glasses involved. Yeah. We'll work on it. Yeah. We'll work on it. Workshop. Yep. All right. Signing off. Press and stop. Getting sleep. Oh. All right.